I'm on this Yahoo Japan auctions right now. You're telling me that in Japan, Yahoo.com isn't called Bonsai.com? Crikey! It's Insert Credit, the relentlessly on-topic video game talk show where every topic must reach a consensus within six minutes, or the panel will face largely nominal consequences. I'm Alex Jaffe, the Wink Martindale of video games. Wow. Uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, the uh, Bob Barker of video games. Uh, Get your pets spayed and neutered, please. Oh my God, spay them and neuter them. You know what? I refuse. I'm Tim Rogers, and I refuse to neuter my dog. That's okay. my that's my answer. That's your uh, please keep <laughs> in the entirety of the silence that that uh, was yeah, after I was, that. I was trying to think of how to react to that. Uh, it's true. I'm not I neutering mean, my dog. I'm not doing I, it. I made okay. the I made the intentional decision of staying silent. I did decide how to react. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Esper, if you could lengthen that silence, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, well. My name is Brandon Sheffield. Uh, my dog is straight neutered, as a as a as a real human being that cares about the future would do. And then, dang, uh, in Whoa. terms of what game show host I am, uh, man, I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, um, Alex Trebek, so that I can say funny words like sophomore and, and get uh, pancreatic cancer, and I can get that. <laughs> oh, too soon. It's not. I mean, I don't know. He seems. Uh, I just want to say that uh, just because I don't have my dog neutered doesn't mean I don't care about the future. He's never going to procreate, okay? Like, Where I mean, just, uh, I'm, I'm, I have not neutered him for various reasons related to stuff I've read about Pomeranians and getting them neutered. So there's, there's a couple of things I don't want. He's not going to get out. If he got out, he would die within about two hours. He would be dead because he is one of the stupidest creatures I've ever met in my life. He's hilarious. But I mean, that's all there is to it. Well, not to uh, entirely contradict everything you're saying, but um, <laughs> we, the Pomeranian in my family that um, has lived with us for many years with my sister right now, yeah. I think he's like 18 years old. We it's found old him, guess get where, on the street. Um, uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, so we found him after he done got out and um, somehow nobody wanted, he was wearing a little, a little sweater that was purple. And uh, it it said I rule with a with a like a little picture of a ruler on it. Oh, that's wild, <laughs> ridiculous, and also a crown. But anyway, nobody ever claimed him, so we claimed him, and uh, and, and he's neutered. The end, and he's fine, oh. and it's eighteen years in. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to kill his spirit. He has a he has a spirit. That's what my it's... dad. That's what my dad says, and that is why my dad's cat got uh, taken miles away from home by a neighbor, and with his. Uh, his collar wrapped around his arm so that he would stop screwing the local cats. A little different from your situation, but still. yeah, a little, little tiny bit different. Yeah. I mean, I've I don't got know. something to spay right now. It's the <laughs> first topic of episode 152. Spray it, spray it. Don't spay it. Okay. <laughs> this question comes from last week's show winner and our most recent guest, Jonathan Kim. Yeah. Oh, spay JK. it on me, baby. Yeah. Jonathan Persona Kim. Space he Sona. says, we just started a new game studio called Future Club. Mm-hmm. What would you create as our new slogan? Bonus points to anyone that can think of a jingle, too. Oh, Jonathan huh? Kim, uh, you're literally asking me for something I do for money. So <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> we'll do it badly this time. I mean, I've got a good bad one, which is Future Club, <laughs> the club of the future. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be hard to bottom that one. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's real good. Okay, I'll give you a bad one then. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Well, I, I guess I could say Future Club now with one fewer toxic person, uh, because that's what the whole point of the uh, company is. Yeah, damn. but he wasn't there. He wasn't at the Future Club. Yeah, that's see. true. That's true. So it's true. Work. It's true. You can, you can workshop this idea. I'm not throwing it out. You yeah. Know, not saying no. I mean, the, it's a bunch of artists in there. Okay. Here's worry. what I got. Ready? Future Club. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's my, uh, that's my canonical fu- rock star games. I mean, slogan, Future Club. Meet your next anime wife. If Persona were in charge of this company, I would be like Future Club colon Sega 2. Or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah. But he's not he's not in charge of it. So uh So wait, is is Future Club going to make uh retro style games exclusively? I, I first of all, I hope not. I know. Uh, well it. then they would be past group. Yeah. Okay. Well no, past no. Group. Well I well I see the reason is uh, I had a, a decent slogan in mind if that was their thing. But we're just gonna go ahead and not reveal it. They're gonna be focusing on two D art and animation heavy stuff, but it won't be retro. And I don't know if I consider their output entirely retro before this either. I mean, no. uh, yeah, like Indivisible, I wouldn't consider retro. Maybe retro kind of design inspired. But design retro. 2D. What about Rudy 2D Fresh and Fruity? <laughs> Jesus Lord. But the <laughs> second word is 2D. Yeah, no, I get it. Oh, yeah. very good. Very good. Rudy 2D. And it would be spelled like the name of a French street. Exactly. I think I hate that enough that I want to vote for it. Um, oh, how about you do a, a good old uh, Death Stranding Hideo Kojima reference and say tomorrow is in our hands. Oh. Get it? Because uh, uh, the slogan for Death Stranding was tomorrow is in your hands. You know, I started playing Why wasn't it tomorrow is in your strands? I don't know. You said you started playing Death Stranding, Brandon? This week, yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how, <laughs> how are you loving it? It's, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's... It's interesting, right? I think that... <laughs> You know, all the mechanics and stuff aside, just the basic premise of it, playing it in 2020 is different from when everyone was playing it in 2019. And they were like, yeah, I guess this is this could be what it's like. But within not so different from how I was playing it, uh, right. though, that's just my fault. Not no, I, know, I know what you mean, but still like that there is there's a specific sequence where they're like America used to be a country. We used to be able to go outside and visit other places and stuff. And that is like, you know. In in November 2019, you could still get on a plane and go somewhere. Oh, yeah, you sure could. But not so much nowadays. Yeah, this was before it was mandatory for us to all carry gooey fetuses around. Yeah, that's right. I really do appreciate in that game how that just like everything is named intentionally and all of the uh, systems have a purpose and all of the names of everything is, yeah. is just thought through it makes it's got like feel... an old old medieval england sort of vibe where everybody's named for like their job yeah yeah right like yeah. i think that's really legit kind of there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff there and all i'll say is when you get far enough eventually you unlock cars and guns and, and all sorts of vehicles and stuff and it just becomes a real creative bonanza yeah i just got a bike because uh oh yeah i i i figured I had this thought that like maybe I should stop trekking back and forth on foot because I started with a bike. They're going to give me a bike. I should just keep going with main story for now. That tr- proved to be the correct decision. Mhm. I believe we were talking about Future Club. Oh yeah, we might have been. Uh their their jingle, it's the it's the three-tone NBC 
uh, song, but backwards. Uh, yeah. So, D-do-do. Future Club. I was thinking it could be the Meow Mix commercial. Future, 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 club, 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 club. Okay. Like that. It works with the rhythm and such, I believe. I want my future club, future club. That's That's like... That's the biggest earworm ever made. So, you know, you probably should use that one if you, you want people should. to remember. Yeah. Billy's uh, JB Budweiser, Budweiser Frogs. Dude, uh, Club. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, nobody's going to get that reference anymore. It doesn't, why does it have to be a reference? It has to be something forgotten that we could steal. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's better. Build the future out of the past and such. Right. That's oh, what we that, want to do for Future Club. Uh, did you just come up with their slogan on accident? Oh, no. I better not have. <laughs> Well, before we accidentally do work that we could actually bill for, let's move on to the next topic. I, I'm okay. going to be thinking about this for the rest of the show, and if I come up with something decent, I'll, I will reveal it at the end. Just be Great. sure to remind me. I'm going to keep this back burner. Beyond the novelty of the feature in the late 90s, have vibrating controls ever really enhanced a video game? Ooh, I don't well, think so. Yeah, I don't really think so, but um, in a lazy way, they helped Gunsport out a lot because... We couldn't figure out how to let people know that they that their shots had been reloaded without making them stop looking at the ball. We want them to look at the ball, but we want when we have like four players, everybody needs to individually know when their shots are back. And uh, so putting the visual information on the character or in a bar or something would have been too distracting away from the action that we wanted. And so we have a little verp verp vibration when your shot comes back. And uh, I won't say that it enhanced it, but with us not being able to figure out how to do it in the time that we had, it uh, it enhanced it from you not being able to tell. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I notice when it's gone is really what vibration has become to me. Like, it's never been like, oh, that vibration's cool. But I have been like, this feels like it should have vibration and it doesn't. That's about it for vibration, I think. I turn it off a lot as well. Like, oh, I don't. Uh, PS5 is has like 5 million types of vibration that it can do in its controller and stuff. But, yeah. you know, I don't know if I if I care to feel different types of terrain as I'm driving in my car. Like now uh-huh. I'm on gravel and now I'm on a smooth road. It, I'm not really I don't really like that very much. I, I would say um, so. I've, I've played a whole lot of games on the Xbox on the Xbox one. Uh, I, I, I see Sony out there. They're out there taking credit, Jerry. They're taking credit for this uh, this this sort of uh, vibration they have in the triggers on the yeah. PlayStation 5 controller. I mean, you know, whatever. It's okay. They're out there saying we've got this vibration in the controller triggers that feels different depending on where you are and what you're doing. And it's like the Xbox One had that, and it kind of is kind of cool when you're driving to be holding the, the, the brake on the left trigger as you like are drifting and you can like feel the vibration kind of thumping up. It feels like you've got something like flicking against the bottom of your finger repeatedly. Like the, the it, it's like your, your, your finger doesn't sit perfectly on the, on the trigger. Cause it keeps kind of throttling. It's that's kind of neat. It's, it's closer to force feedback. They started using the word force feedback uh, back when like the, the rumble pack came out for the N64. Yeah. The a little force too feedback, early. Yeah. It's like, that's not force feedback. Force feedback means, the uh you know in 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 a simulacrum of a non-power steering wheel a steering wheel just pulling in the direction opposite that you're turning so that you have to really lock your arms to hold it that's force feedback right so like the the 
Nintendo 64 controller vibrating when you fire when you get hit in in Star Fox 64 or whatever. That's not force feedback. That's just that's just you know clown play is what that is. So this uh, I don't know what clown play means. <laughs> so, it's my fetish, man. <laughs> that's just clown play. So the that's the new I, uh, Future Club uh, no, Future Club. Come clown on play. in, and join the clown play. That's just clown. Uh oh man, okay. Oh man, I'm 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 now thinking of an angle of of no blanks allowed. Uh, you know, like the whole. Uh, okay, I'm I'm working on that now. So that's that's my back burner. Living the, your the, clown. That's the rear arms. the rear window into my black my my back burner is a uh, is uh, knowing that there's something going on with the no blank allowed in the future club. Um. Okay. So. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, the PS5 has like the analog sticks can loosen if you're on ice, right? Isn't there something like that? Maybe the analog, oh, I don't know. The analog sticks that sounds cool, though. tighten and loosen. So there actually it might be a sort of a force feedback now. So my answer is sort of yes, because before the Horizon 4, it really does feel kind of cool to have the brake jitter under your finger as a, a and, and to have the, the gas jitter under your, your finger when you need to shift. Because I've got my shift on my rear paddles, right? And it's uh, sometimes you know by feel uh, that the engine has revved up enough that you should, you should, you're like shifting late, and you get to a point where you're anticipating the rumble in the trigger, so you shift on time instead of late, and then you actually feel a little rumble when you shift. I guess driving games, if you're playing driving games with the controller, because you live in a tiny apartment and you can't build a, a racing cockpit like a real pro, uh, then yeah, I guess rumble sort of has and maybe it will more so in the future with the playstation 5 tight analog sticks all i know is rum- rumble scares my dog <laughs> oh rumble skitter so i don't like that uh final answer psycho mantis oh, oh there we go yeah put your controller on the floor jerry Ooh. i think that falls into the novelty of the feature in the late 90s oh, yeah uh, dang it yeah he gotcha a good old novelty your question because i mostly ignore you Par for the course. We'll oh. try to pay semi-attention to this next one. Microsoft has acquired ZeniMax, the parent company of Bethesda. Is it, <laughs> is it okay to panic? I think they misunderstood when I said that they were going to buy Sega. They they just heard it <laughs> wrong and they got ZeniMax instead. They just... Yeah. You, you know what's real funny to me about them buying ZeniMax is that you get to hear people say ZeniMax again. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like ZeniMax, ZeniMax's whole thing has always been we're going to get people to say ZeniMax. That's like, that's their entire business. It's, their their entire, it's entertaining. entertaining we're going to get small people to say Future Club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just their, their whole business has always been no more than getting people to say ZeniMax out loud. They bought it in order to get people to say ZeniMax. That's basically <laughs> it. So what I think, in all honesty, I think there is no one... I cannot conceive of a human individual who looks fondly upon any experience of speaking the word Zenimax. Zenimax. I really don't think, I think one thing they should do is they should snip off, get in Photoshop and just marquee tool and delete the Zenimax part off of every logo of all other studios. They'd have to do it in Illustrator probably uh, just to get it off of there. Because uh, I don't think the name ZeniMax should exist anymore. Isn't ZeniMax what happens when a Capcom game send, sells a lot of money? Oh, kaboom. That's the yeah. currency. And so Zeni, Zeni is like an old, 
a Japanese word for coin, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that's like the currency in Capcom games. Yeah, Zenimax uh, is yeah. when you uh, uh, overflow the the value and you get 256 Zenny and it actually breaks and then you have like infinite health or something. Oh right. yeah, yeah, Heck yeah. I don't know that it's uh, panic so much as like, yeah, that's that's our inevitable future. Uh, that's what's happening now is that we are becoming Hollywood, right? We're going There's... to just be a like five, maybe probably like more like three company uh, uh, business at some point. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't panic. Uh, I did roll my eyes at uh, people celebrating this. For yeah, that was, that was a little weird. Yeah. Who yeah. is celebrating this? People who were like, yes, I get to play Skyrim for free now or whatever. Like, yes, ah. they, what, what a good value Xbox Game Pass is. And it's like, I, again, I'm not fighting the inevitable. I understand that like everything's going to be Netflix in maybe five years, if that. Uh, and I get it and I'm on board, it's fine, but I'm not celebrating, uh, what I see is, uh, the, the destruction of, of the, the independent video game publisher. Right. Yeah. In a few years, it's just going to be Nintendo, Microsoft and future club. <laughs> That's right. Oh, cause future club bought Sony. I see. Right. Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, Microsoft bought Sony, but future oh, club is still on its own. Got it. Yeah. It's a weird one. Um, it's. It it makes sense. Like <clears throat> Microsoft, they they're trying to. I feel like ever since the 360, when they basically won the the console wars um, yeah. in that generation, they've been chasing that high. They've been trying to be like, how do we get the Xbox 360 days back? And buying Zenimax, which includes Bethesda, that's a pretty good way to do it, I guess. Like you get a lot of those games out there, and it kind of it it feeds into what I was saying in an earlier episode where I feel like they're trying to sell game pass more than they're trying to sell Xboxes. Yeah. Oh yeah. These obviously these Zenimax games aren't just going to be on Xbox. They're also going to be on PC. And so if, if, but if it's all within game pass, then it's, you know, it's all their ecosystem. So it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we need to panic, but, uh, I don't know we shouldn't feel good about it. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. it, it's inevitably just going to be film and music, right? Where, yeah, technically you can purchase an album, but who purchases albums now? Um, I mean, you know, maybe someone on this podcast, fine. I don't, I don't really know very many people who do. I think country fans still buy albums. Really? Yeah. Well, I think the, those I mean, are the, the big album sales. On CD? I, no, I buy yeah. on tape, actually. I buy them on uh, Bandcamp, <laughs> but I also do buy records and tapes, so I'm, I'm you know. Right. I do occasionally, if it's like a friend on Twitter kind of thing, we'll buy their album on Bandcamp. That's true. But I don't, you know, like mainstream music, I don't buy albums anymore. Uh, I bought I an album on Bandcamp a while back. Every every time they have that Bandcamp day where it's all the money goes straight to artists, I buy stuff because it's the only way to directly support artists. Yeah, in this entire world. Yeah, basically. No, I mean, I mean, well, is. yeah, that, I mean, right now, yeah, you can't just buy t-shirts at shows or whatever. Right. Right now. You buy T-shirts on their web store. Look, let's not get, make this about buying bands T-shirts. But uh, <laughs> uh, um, what are we talking about? Zenimax? Zenimax. I love those guys. Do you think they bought them because they have an X in their name? Are they going to change their name to Zenimax spelled with an X? A Zenimax box. Zenimax. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, wait, they're going to the have Xbox a... Xbox Series Zenimax. 
you know it's 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 weird to think of like of, of going shopping and uh lately i've been making a few expensive purchases because i've moved into a new apartment it's funny to think of going shopping and then being like why don't we buy those guys who made skyrim nine <laughs> years ago right <laughs> yeah we got the money lying around let's buy them <laughs> Right, I think it's more that they bought Fallout the IP. So oh, yeah, they have that. Fallout and Halo now. Fallout, Halo, Doom, Doom, Halo, uh, Skyrim, Fable. There you go. Uh, yes. Rage and Fallout. They 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 now own that Obsidian <laughs> like Skyrim killer and also Skyrim. Right. Yeah. I guess that's so. Worth something. Good, good some job, movie guys. directors have certain signature elements they like to include in all their films, like Quentin Tarantino's trunk shot. Does this is, that, is, that, is that what a uh, uh, footage of a foot lo- is called? That's called a stump shot. Oh, that's another no kind of shot. Oh, okay. uh, but do these sort of signature shots exist in video games? Signature mm. shots, like for a, 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 a game director? Yeah. First of all, how many game directors have a style? Yeah. It's, uh... I'd say Kojima does. I mean, Kojima does, yeah. I think Yu Suzuki might. Yeah, Yu Suzuki has a... Uh... Yeah, well, what's a what's a Yu Suzuki shot though? Right. Yeah, I couldn't think of a shot for sure. A close up of a hand grabbing something doesn't have to be a shot so much. No, as it, it, it should be the game equivalent of a right. shot. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's an interesting question. I can think of plenty of uh, signature shots and motifs in movies that I hate, like Darren Aronofsky and his uh, uh, everything <laughs> in his everything. Yeah, just the whole nice. That guy's the absolute worst. But specifically, he's, he's always like. The very thin young woman in this film will at some point be in only panties and a white tank top with no bra on riding around. 100% this is not my fetish, I promise. This is just something that keeps happening for some reason. You know what was cool about that Black Swan movie, though, was the soundtrack. They they have, like, electric bass in the Swan Lake and the Tchaikovsky. Like, this thumping hard bass. I I went and saw that movie because, you know, what else are you going to do, right? Yeah uh on a on a saturday night in oakland california you know well i mean there's probably plenty of things to do <laughs> I, I went and saw it on a date uh, uh, that's yeah that's i wasn't gonna use that word well so I, now that I you did, did let's go ahead and say that's that's how it was for me as well and uh somebody asked me this is like 10 years ago somebody asked me did you like the movie and i was like no and they're like did your date like the movie and i was like not after i got through talking about it <laughs> wow <laughs> which is the worst it's a well, ter- what a terrible thing. To if, do. I may, if I may brag or boast uh, ever so slightly, I would like to say that my date and I both enjoyed a round ripping of that movie afterward. Nice. So that's good. So we uh, we enjoyed uh, hating on that film. What about video games, though? <laughs> How about um, in Uncharted? There's always a this platform is crumbling and you have to run across it to safety thing. The, the platform that breaks. uh the last handhold always breaks in Uncharted. Yes. So basically, the video so the video game equivalent of a shot is a level design uh, element. I've decided, I think so. yeah. and the video game equivalent of of a, of a film director is a, a franchise. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, for better or for worse, that's the video game equivalent of a, of a no, not even a franchise, a developer. So Naughty Dog. So that also applies to Last of Us games as right. well. Is the the last the last handhold or platform almost always breaks to a point where in uncharted 4 there's like a point where the last platform like doesn't break in a way that's like genuinely surprising yeah i remember that, that. i remember being 
being like, he just climbed all the way up it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weird. It's, it's strange as heck. When, when I was uh, a journalist and we got pitched by Zynga um, to do hey. an interview with uh, Mark Turmel, who I think is still over there, actually. Um, Mark Turmel, of course, the co-designer of uh, NBA Jam, <laughs> among other things. Um, <laughs> it was just some nothing Facebook game. It was like a match three or a, I don't even know, like a slot machine. They're all, they're all the same. Um, and at some point, uh, the game goes, he's on fire. So that's the end of my story there, which is that there you go. There you have it. Puts people on fire in his games, I think, as a signature. Any Midway game, uh, you could just extend that to Midway as well, because Mortal Kombat 2 had the guy saying toasty, which is sort of the same as saying he's on fire. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I don't think yeah. there's a lot of game like director types. Like, like, like I don't know. Is there a Bennett Foddy signature? Uh, floppy bodies. Yeah, floppy bodies. There you I go. Guess. Um, I heard this story about uh, Sakaguchi once that may be apocryphal. Maybe you can verify it for me. Oh, let's where hear it. they asked him what the signature element of all the Final Fantasy games were, what kept them all in common, and he said blue text boxes. Ooh, that is. I do love that particular blue gradient. I use it in all my videos. That's something. That's you know, I've been, I've been thinking about this here, and I like I can't find like a director signature, but I can. I'm starting to think of games that have signature camera or not signature, but standout camera movements that people remember, but they're not like consistent across series. Like that that one shot that we can all probably remember in Silent Hill, where the camera starts low, then goes up, then goes down behind your back. Like yeah, that that is a an interesting shot that you can only really do that way in a video game. And, you know, some of the stuff in Silent Hill 2 as well is, you know, like the way it shoots, what's his name, in the mirror uh, is all like unique to that particular game. So maybe there are game series that have interesting shots, but they're not a consistent style. Yeah. Something like that. Hmm. This is a good question. I would say uh, this is the sort of question that I could take upon myself as some kind of a homework, possibly for the future. Yeah. All I'd right. Like well, continue thinking about this. One. I'm, I'm going to throw one in that I can't really put my finger on, but um, any adventure game that Ron Gilbert specifically did, I can just pick out a Ron Gilbert puzzle, and I don't know why. There's just a certain stride uh, to the the way he does his puzzles that I think has something to do with being a jerk in the game. So mm-hmm. I'm, g- I'm going to keep contemplating that one. I'd say to think about it over the break, but we still have one more question to go before that point. Okay. Um, question number five, which video game characters could you help get bigger tax breaks? <laughs> and how, how would I help them? Yeah. I don't like, know how to give anyone a tax. Break. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm already thinking about like, how, how do I even, I, I don't even know how to pay my taxes correctly without assistance. Oh, wait, wait. You know what? Oh, really? Uh, oh, I, I, I run a 501c3. So I'm going to say that uh, if a video game character uh, is drowning in money, uh, that there's probably uh, some level of donating to my right. charity uh, that would actually uh, reduce your uh, owed taxes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could tell the uh, the characters in Yakuza to keep all their money in cash, but I think they're already known to do that. Yeah, I think they love. Yeah. The, I think they're a cash business. Uh, yeah, cash business through and through over there. I could, I could, I could recommend that uh, Mister Fortnite, the, the main character of Fortnite, uh, go ahead and uh, just donate all of uh, 
his costumes and stuff to Goodwill. Well, I would say that like Mario spends a hundred coins for a one up, so uh-huh. you could probably write all of those off as a business expense because he's using them Help. for his job of protecting the kingdom. Yeah, yeah well, it's that's a health expense. You can write that off, right? Believe it or not, it's uh, one of the things that one of the dark things they don't tell you about not having health insurance is that uh, if you do have to go to the doctor, you can write that off on your taxes. I mean, to some extent. To, yeah. Well. To more of an extent than you might initially believe. Would you like to know more? Uh, click here. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a bit of an accountant myself over here. I can help somebody out if anybody is desperate. Doctors hate him. <laughs> Doctors hate. <laughs> Doctors hate how much of an accountant I am yeah. uh, because they know that. Doctors hate him for a lot of reasons. They know that when they give me treatment that I'm going to be writing it off on yeah. my taxes. And that just disappoints most. Most doctors love thinking that the man wins. That's not true. Every doctor I've interacted with in the last couple of years has been uh, in my presence, uh, vocally critical of the health insurance system. Yeah, I, I think doctors are generally on the side of fixing people and not on the side of gouging them for money or holding treatment at ransom. I was seeing this neurologist uh, uh, several times and, and we were trying to get a particular procedure greenlit by the uh, by the uh, insurance company. And uh, he, he was just upset. He was just uh, he was like, what's wrong with these people? Like they, they wouldn't approve it. We had to go through like 12 times and then I lost my they insurance. were already and... working on a very similar procedure for a higher budget project. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Anyway, what are we talking about? Video game heroes? Tax protagonists? Breaks. Uh, Tax how, breaks? About Do- how about Dr. Mario? Did he uh, write off all them drugs? Dr. Mario. What about the, what the about... drugs that he prescribes to people? What do you mean? What I mean is, uh, well, I guess. Yeah. You know what video game character I couldn't <laughs> help is uh, Dr. Wowie, who clearly yeah. has a uh, some sort of tax haven, offshore island factory where he's developing his monsters. That his guy ought to help us. Private. Yeah. Yeah. He should, uh, he should help me out. Uncle Scrooge from the, the classic Nintendo game, uh, DuckTales. Yes, that video game character. Keeps his assets so liquid. You can virtually drink them. Right. He doesn't need my help. Basically, any video game character who who deals in gold, gold is invincible, Jerry. Just buy gold. He's got enough money. Almost every video game character has a lot more money than me and should be giving me (laughs) advice. I mean, Mario, like how much do you how big do you think those Mario coins are? The graphical representation is likely to to aid visibility. How big do you think those coins are? How much gold do you think is located? Mushroom size? Well, mushrooms gonna, vary wildly in size. size. Yeah, that's where I was going. Silver dollar silver sized? Dollar. Yeah, okay, okay. Like a maybe like a Sacagawea dollar sized, we're saying? Sure. Right? Something like yeah. that? Okay. And they're gold, right? Right. They're probably 18 karat gold, so they can maintain their shape. I thought the Sacagawea dollars were uh, were just like a, basically a quarter size. I was thinking the big ones. The big oh, silver, thinking silver dollars. silver dollars? Yeah. Big old big boy silver dollars? How you about know, we split yeah, the I difference? Yeah. How about we split the difference and say JFK 50 cent pieces? How about that? All right. I'm good with that. Yeah. Okay. So that's about how big they are. And that's gold. I don't know how that changes the value of them. Probably worth about 120 to what is gold an ounce now? Is it like 12? Uh, I can look that up. Let's look it up. Here we go. How much is one Troy ounce of gold worth today? Okay. That didn't actually work uh, <laughs> uh, because my text box was okay. Price. Here we go. One Troy ounce of gold right now is. Uh, uh, $60. Okay, so, uh, what was it? I think, I think each of those coins is, I think one one up for Mario is worth about what, like 6,000 bucks? Yeah. 
That's a lot, dude. That's a good write-off, yeah. Mario's I mean, banking point, heavy. I don't know if he can even write that much off as a business expense. Yeah. Well, it's not an expense either. He's just getting them. Yeah. He spends them to get more lives, but this, he has this to... This whole thing's falling apart. You guys. Wait, wait, so I, I just realized, because you have to, in order for it to be an expense, you have to use it. And so that means he needs to lose enough lives before December 31st that he can kind of keep it at, at an equal... At an equilibrium. So, it's getting pretty grim, guys. One yeah. ounce of gold is right now worth $1,866.62. Uh, uh, $1, uh, Mario's rich, dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break while Tim finds that out. I'll report uh, back. We're still looking for sponsors. So, if you are a sponsor of podcasts or know someone who may be interested, write to us at showitinsertcredit.com. Why don't you? Maybe you want to get a personal message on the show. We could work something out there, too. Same address, and someone will get back to you. I will and say we- literally anything for $5. So. Sure. Don't, you know what? Pr- don't price yourself too low there, Frank. If you don't sponsor us, I will start openly slandering one company per episode. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Make sure to sponsor us before you get on the list. And then you'll have to pay us if you want me to take it back. Time is running out. All right, we'll get right back to you soon. You ever have those nice serendipitous moments back in the day when we could be outside where you're like, um, you're out somewhere and then you see your friend and then somehow another friend just shows up is also there. Oh, that's happened once or twice. Right. So this happened to my dog. (laughs) (laughs) We, um, the the first good friend that he made is a, is a pit bull that lives around the corner and occasionally will go over there and let the dogs just play together and uh in the in a big backyard and uh we don't have to go inside their house or anything to do this we can just go into the yard and it's nice um and so as we were in there and the the dogs are romping around their other friend was walking by with the with their owner and we're like hey come on in here and have a fun time and um my dog was like how is this happening this is the greatest day of my life. My, my <laughs> one friend is here, and now my other friend is here. I got both of my friends are here. Uh, oh, man. He was just, like, flipping all over the place. He couldn't believe it. It was great. Well, I'm very lucky to have two of my friends on this podcast every week. Who are who's, the, who's the third one? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome that's back a, to that's a, joke. that's a good joke. Excellent, like excellent joke. We're going to continue on with the show at question number six. This is our Patreon question oh, uh, for these... It. <laughs> for these we uh pull our dirt bags who uh give us some money on patreon.com slash insert credit and uh one of You're them gonna ruin us yeah a uh, bunch of them send us questions i pick out one every episode for us to discuss on the podcast as if they were me for a tenth of the show this one comes from golok who asks what's the best video game cold open oh yeah well i Very don't know good that this question. is the best one and it's probably not but I did like how near did it uh, where oh, you, yeah. you just dropped in there and then you're fighting all these thingies and it's like, what, what am I, what am I doing? And then later you kind of sort out what you're doing. But uh, yeah, that I like that one. It just came immediately to mind. So that's, that's one of them. First one that comes to mind for me is 
Wonder Boy 3, which just drops you into the end of Wonder Boy 2, uh, and you defeat the uh, Mecha Dragon just as you did in that game, but then suddenly there's a twist. Um, you might know this scene from when it was completely ripped off in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, I was uh, just about to mention that. I mean, that is a pretty good one, all things considered. Yeah. Castlevania Symphony of the I Night. Did, I did wind up playing that one first, the Symphony of the Night one. So it was, uh, I, di- I didn't, you know, this was earlier in my game playing days. So then when I saw Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy 3, I was like, did that did that take that from that? And I was like, oh, wait, no, the, cr- the chronological order is a little bit wrong there. That is a straight up theft. The first Final Fantasy had a cold open. Oh well, I, I was I was just about to say, uh, of all the Final Fantasies, my favorite my favorite Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy IV, has a has an ice cold open to it, mm-hmm. where it starts with you just on this airship, your guy is on an airship and he fights some monsters, and then he remembers uh he re- well he 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 has uh, he remembers something he just did, just starts you right in the middle of something in medias res, as they call it in, yeah. in, in poetry. I I don't know if this one counts. It's it's closer to Tim's example, but. In the Saturn game Cyberdoll, which I really enjoy. Cyberdoll. In the world of this movie, like it, it starts out with like a there's a, a text crawl, not text crawl. There's like an intro that you can watch. It's optional that explains some things about the world where like uh, first there was AIDS and then people got cybernetic replacements for all of their organs that got AIDS. And that was how they uh, defeated AIDS. But then cybernetic beings started getting like a cyber aids basically it's it's very odd but you start wild yeah you start the actual game as the protagonist wandering down this hallway trying to get somewhere and your body is literally falling apart from cyborg aids and as you collapse on the on the ground you have like a memory feedback loop that takes you back to how you got there that is a pretty good one oh one i really like is in undertale which has the cold, which has the open right between the part where the original demo ends and the rest of the game starts. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty good. I did not know that actually. Uh, so X-Men 2 on the Sega Genesis. Oh, heck yeah. Has this interesting opening. You just turn on the Sega and you're just in the first level as a random X-Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I always thought that was neat. And, Me and too. I think once you beat the first level, that's when the, the story kicks in and you see the title screen and all that. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't imagine a third party could have passed certification with that, but a Sega game could. Yeah, that one blew my mind when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. It was just like, I turned it on, and I was like, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I accidentally mash the start button and not yeah. realize it? Yeah, that rules. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, no title screen. I mean, all of the... Uh... So it's actually become, and I mean, this is this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, though. It's become normal now in for EA sports games. Have you have you known this? The- oh, I did know that because uh, whatever the NBA one what, that that starred Michael Jordan, like yeah, ten years ago, just starts N- with NBA you 2K12. in like the '93 finals or something as Michael Jordan, yeah, right? Yeah. Right at the end. Yeah it's, yeah, it's that's how that that has become kind of the standard now for sports games is they start you in the middle of or at the end of a game and you just get to play a couple of moments uh forza horizon 4 begins with you with with a a mclaren senna already driving at 150 miles per hour and uh you you get your finger on the trigger and it just starts and you're you're just right there in the middle of a race that's how most racing games start now does that make i mean does that idea 
is Daytona USA's rolling start? Is that a cold open for a level or or not? Is that something? Totally I feel different? like Daytona it has too much of a branding wrapper of an attract mode yeah. and too many too many logos visible on the cabinet and on the on the machine. And you have to see that title screen. And you got to choose a car and whatever. The rolling Agreed. starts cool, but uh, it's not. It's not like like Forza Horizon Four. The first time you launch it, the very first thing you see is a race in progress, and you're in control, and it feels real fun. So it's a. Uh, I mean, clearly inspired. Uh, it's got to be inspired in some way by Daytona. It's got to be Jerry. I feel like a lot. Of, a lot of horror games like it's not exactly a cold open because it's more of a, de- a device but a lot of them just start with you in a spot and it's like how something spooky is happening how are you going to get out of this mm-hmm. um, i don't know it almost feels like that shouldn't count because it's like an um genre device i don't know i'm, I'm reasoning through that one uh i'm going back to that nba experience that i had because it was I'm, I'm throwing this in real quick it was extra okay. cool because uh it was on on live um, and the the gimmick of OnLive was that the games just loaded instantly, right? Because it's running off a server. So yeah. I was casually browsing and I was like, I don't know, what's a basketball game like these days? And I loaded it and, you know, within like five seconds, I'm in the, in the basketball game. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. good. That's Quality. the champion. Question number seven. What video games would be better if the levels were in a different order? Shoot. Oh, man, I... They, I've been playing so many Genesis games and things where I felt like the the levels probably were in a different order because like the first level feels really good and then the next three are kind of crap and then it gets to be good again and it feels like they knew it. They realized they had the bad levels front loaded and they just switched them around so that you could, <laughs> you know, get a good one first. Kid Icarus starts weird and then gets yeah. okay. That's that's that that's my pick right there because uh, I think as a kid I may have actually tried to play it if it started with the side-scrolling level and not the weird climbing level. The weird climbing wraparound level. Kid Icarus yeah. is an is an interesting video game that uh, I mean, as with a lot of those multi-genre games, you know how there's games that just uh, try a whole lot of. There, I mean, particularly in the 16-bit era, Kid Icarus mm. was a was a very 16-bit video game from early in the nes like it's it's a weird one so i think maybe that one could have benefited as you say um i think we can all agree that mega man could benefit from a little little <laughs> level reshuffle that's my joke, yeah. uh, joke. Mega Man. you know why you can pick your level in mega man why because because the the developers have no confidence in any of them hey i was actually surprised when i played mega man 8 and it started with a level before i could pick a level oh cold open yeah mm-hmm. Wait, was it cold? How cold it, was it? It wasn't that cold. There, there was an intro b- before where they were talking about Doctor Wowie and stuff. But Doctor Wowie, yeah, Mega Man Seven also has a cold open. Uh, uh, X, I think, right? Right, X also has a cold open. Yeah, yeah, but those ones are It's pronounced Mega Man Ten. Okay, oh, I thought sorry. it was pronounced Mega Manx. Mega Manx. Oh God. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some more out there. I wish I could. This is another one that I would have loved. I mean, I would love to do some research on it because yeah. I've I've thought of this so many times. There's a game called Socket, aka Time Dominator, on the Genesis. Oh, Time that, Dom. Yeah, that has uh, it's got a series of oh, I just thought of another one. It's got a series <laughs> of uh, <clears throat> of speed levels and then labyrinth levels, and it alternates between them. 
And the game would be a lot more fun if you could do like three speed levels and then one labyrinth and then three more speed ones. Uh, it just, it would, the pacing would be a lot better. And that reminded me also of Knuckles Chaotix, which is a game that I like very much. That is an odd game where you have to, you have to like hit a roulette wheel sort of thing. It's not a wheel, but you, you it it's like a randomizer that you hit to see what level you're going to go to next. And so you'll be in, like aquatic zone one, and then uh, I can't remember what these are called, but like bio zone two uh, in in different orders. If they actually just let you play through it normally, like a regular Sonic game, it would have so been So your problem with better. Knuckles Chaotix is that there's not enough order? <laughs> yes. I didn't think about that, but there it is. Man, okay, so I got I got a couple things to say here. First of all, I'm having a good time making mental notes of of questions to do a little bit of research on to bring back as a sort of a... Uh, extra credit assignment oh Old extra credit business, at some it. point in the future um uh because uh, i think this is a good question and I, all i have right now is is a, is a reverse answer which is uh super mario brothers 3 absolutely has just about all of its levels in the most ridiculously meticulously perfect order i believe that Including all the, the levels- choices you can make yeah, yeah. Well, if you just count them as uh, availabilities, like whatever's available to you at the time, it's always a perfect palette of stuff. So my little theory here, and I'm thinking about like Dave Perry games, like like Genesis Aladdin and uh, 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 Earthworm Jim, and uh, did he do Booger Man? That's a joke. No. I know he didn't. I know he, he didn't. Well, have. Um, <laughs> no, like, hey, hey, hey. 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 Booger Man is an honorary earthworm. Chip. Those, uh, no, those, those, uh, any of those multi-genre games um, uh, that that always they they give you a different thing. Battle Toads, you know, whatever. I feel like there was a huge, huge portion of the video game design sphere that did not know. Uh, so when Shigeru Miyamoto once famously said that the first level in your game is the one you should make last, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that a vast majority of working video game designers had never thought of that and really wished they had. That's my my hypothesis here. Uh, going uh, going into this experiment of I'm now going to be thinking of are these levels in the right order every time I play a video game. So there's that. Wow, I'm That's glad you made such a big impact. I just really think I really think that uh, most most people had never thought of that. I think and, that's true. And they start they started kicking themselves. I feel yeah. there's games like Ranger X. I love Ranger X. Ranger, oh, Ranger X. X. I feel like Ranger X kind of has its levels in a I don't want to say a bad order. The They're Turrican games, every, any Turrican game, I feel like the levels you could shuffle them around and no one would notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um and also the fact that it's just there's this Amiga-ishness where there's just these big giant bounce around clown town playgrounds where it's there's items and and bobbles and doodads here and there the the final answer is young merlin you could put young merlin in any other order <laughs> next question <laughs> if you could do whatever you wanted with it how would you save the mass effect franchise oh oh man i know exactly what i would do i would um, rewrite all the dialogue <laughs> uh bioware ea my twitter dms are open my rates are reasonable. I can write all, I can rewrite every line. Won't change the content at all. I promise. I'll even keep the names of all your alien races and planets and whatever. I don't care. I'll just make the people sound better. I won't make them sound weird. I won't make them sound like me. I won't insert my own personal buzzwords. 
I'll just make them sound better. He could I, do it's, it. It's horrible, horrible yeah. dialogue in those games, Jerry. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't I couldn't play them. I couldn't I couldn't get more than a couple hours in. The dialogue was just so weird and alien to me. Maybe that was the point. <laughs> it's not in the appealing alien way. Bad alien. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, alien I resurrection. Think that's a better, there that's we a better go. Answer because I oh I was just playing that. I, alien I, I like Alien Resurrection. I'm sorry, that movie's, that movie's like stupid as heck. Yeah. Um, I realize that your answer is better than mine because I was thinking of a way to make me enjoy Mass Effect, which is not oh, a yeah. way to save the franchise at all. No. Oh yeah. Uh, I just I want to make it save the franchise. I just want to make it Deep Space Nine. Uh, yeah. All takes place on a spaceship. I'm just solving diplomatic problems. Occasionally, I go on away missions, but mostly right, make the whole game the Citadel. Indeed, yeah. Doesn't the, whole, the whole like isn't like there's a large part of Mass Effect Two where you're just like on some colony or whatever, some space colony. I yeah, don't know. I, that, I'm not a Mass Effect a mm-hmm. Mass Effect spurt, so I don't know. That's you don't you're not doing diplomacy there. You're, it's just a hub for you to do more um, shooting, more kills. Stuff. I only played the first mass effect and i got bored like maybe four hours in um yeah and it was like chewing rubber that game i'm sorry the whole time i just i wanted it to be like deus ex instead or fallout or something um and instead it was more of this action-oriented rpg thing that didn't work for me at all Mm -hmm. um i also when the game started i kind of detected this uh this aesthetic that was kind of like cheap sets like a twilight zone episode mm-hmm. um and i <laughs> yeah. and i really liked what was in my head canon for five minutes before i realized it was you know maybe just some bad environment art in that part or something but um so i would make it look like uh cheap uh sets from a 60s sci-fi movie and i would make it uh much more about like like brandon said I'd make it more about uh, diplomacy and solving people's problems and stuff. And I guess it'd be more like um, uh, the outer worlds. Like I, I, I had to think worlds versus wilds, of course. Oh no. Uh, worlds but, versus wilds. That old one. Yeah. But I, I would do more like outer, outer worlds, but um, I think you actually mean Zenny Max and Microsoft's. Uh, oh, right. Yes. Zenny <laughs> Max. <worlds>, it's called... <laughs> My, Micro Max presents. Yeah. Micro Max presents. The Zenimax box. My favorite experience with Mass Effect was... uh, Throwing it in the trash. Whoa! You you all know that song, Loving You. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I know that song. It's easy uh, because... uh, Brandon, uh, you have told this exact story on the podcast before. I know exactly what you're going to say. God darn it, yeah. Yeah. Do it. Keep keep doing it. it. Keep doing it. No, I'm not going to do it now. No, yeah, go back to our archive and find out what Brandon's favorite part yeah, of Mass Effect fi- was. Find out what my favorite part was. Oh uh, well, I'm just gonna say I really, really want to play Mass Effect. I think it would be the perfect video game series for me to stream. Yes, not necessarily to make fun of it, although there would be a little bit of that. I can see myself enjoying it with an audience of at least the amount, the level of of Twitch following I have now. Right, I have like just enough people in my chat that I can keep track of their individual names and personalities. I feel like it would be fun to play through all the mass effect games with those people. However, I keep hearing there's a remaster coming and then there's not a remaster coming. And then there's like, whatever they keep flip flopping on it. And it's like, maybe there's one supposed to come in October. And then today I saw news that it's coming next year or whatever. I want to play those games. That's, that's my, I don't, that's so not you're waiting for the question. remaster. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like a sure, I, but if maybe if there's time, let me rewrite all the dialogue and you can re record all of it, you know, whatever. That's sure. what I would say. That's a, <laughs> uh, well, I think, uh, uh, the short answer did you play any of that Mass Effect Andromeda? I had to play a little bit no. of it in order to make a little video for Kotako.com back in the day, and that game was atrocious. And that was not what I remembered it from my brief experiences with Mass Effect 1 and 2 at all. That's the verdict. It's, it's like, uh, so if you want to save the Mass Effect franchise, play the old ones, god darn it. <laughs> people people want that. Yeah. And maybe hire me to punch up your dialogue when you do so. There you go. That's my answer. All right. Let's do our next question. I'm opening a punch-up shop, Jerry. What are the five best documentaries about video games? My favorite Ooh. one that I'm going to throw in, I don't, I don't know if I have another four, is... Uh, from the BBC from maybe 2005 and it was uh called From Russia with Love and it's a documentary Oh that's a really good Texas. one yeah. Um that is maybe yeah, the only one, the one that I've watched and and gone yes that's good. That's a good Tetris the movie as I call it. Yeah. I think if you were to make a movie called Tetris the movie, I think I've said this before on this very podcast. If you were to make a movie and call it Tetris the movie, you should just make a, fee- a Hollywood film about that. Oh, absolutely. We've talked about this before, for sure. But it's worth talking about again. It's such a good story. Uh, yeah, there's so very many good. good moving pieces. There's so many like little character cameos you can make. You can do Arakawa and Howard Lincoln and stuff like that. Um, did you just say there are a lot of good moving pieces in the Tetris movie? <laughs> I did. Kaboom! Kaboom! There's there's, <laughs> there's gotta be L. There's Z. <laughs> right. There's gotta be some like cool. Uh, person who can write like Aaron Sorkin without being Aaron Sorkin who could who could write that movie you know you know what I mean yeah right you don't have to actually be him they don't have to actually get him to write the movie there's probably some-esque yeah somebody somebody Sorkin-esque it should be it should have Russian language in it as well that's what I think not not people speaking in British accents uh and they say that's Russian I don't want that all right, but we're talking specifically about documentaries now, not yeah. movie adaptations. So, so I haven't watched enough to have a specific one, but uh, I think there's probably something from No Clip that would be in my top five. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man! I'll tell you what; those are always in the recommendations uh, on my own YouTube. Whenever I click on one of my own videos to increase the hit counter, of course, it's always a No Clip right. docu- It's always a No Clip documentary, and I'm, I'm like, oh, that. I should watch one of those. I mean, unfortunately for me, it's like, what are five video game documentaries that you can think of? And, that, and that's not right. really the question. Stranger Things is one, right? That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's one. Yeah, it's a doco. Well, I mean, there's there's two recent ones. There's Console Wars and whatever the Netflix one with the generic name is, like Press Button or something. Game Over High Score yeah, by I David Schiff or whatever. <laughs> No, that's a book. <laughs> yeah, something dumb and generic like insert credit. Yeah, exactly. Didn't, didn't Ken Burns make a documentary called Video Games? That's a joke. No. Um, Ken Burns Baseball, that's what I'm thinking of. Right. Baseball's a baseball's a really good video game documentary. Ken Griffey Burns. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, Ken Ken Griffey Burns. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at lists and I mean, sure, I haven't seen a lot of these, but the ones I've Dearest seen Dearest Eliza, it's day twenty eight of three fifty eight over two days. It's hard to recommend almost any that I've seen. Like, I wouldn't recommend Atari Game Over. I wouldn't recommend that Netflix one. High Score? Is it called High Score? It's, it's, I think it might be called High Score. Yeah. I think that oh might, might actually Lord. be it. It's something that generic. That's, uh, that's real stupid. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I don't recommend Indie Game the movie, but in that, right. in that movie, there is footage of Notch walking out of the Game Developer's Choice Awards. Uh, mm-hmm. And I am talking to him in that shot, 
No, that is that's the good. one time I ever talked to Notch in person in my life, and it's yeah. on film. For some I would reason. recommend one scene from uh, King of Kong, if it's full of quarters. Oh, where... King of Kong. Oh, I like that one. Let's, yeah. let's, let's throw that one in. We'll so put we got that two. one at number two. We got two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your one scene? Um, it's the one where they ask him what initials he puts on when he has a high score, a and he scene. points to his tie, and yeah. they say T-I-E, and he says, no, USA, because it's a... <laughs> Because <laughs> it's a Star Spangled Banner time. That's very good. Oh yeah, that's bad. I love it, um, Jerry. I've I enjoyed some of the things I learned from watching Get Lamp, but it wasn't an enjoyable documentary. I guess Get Lamp. Is that Get about Lamp? pinball? Yeah. No, it's no, about a text, I don't know why. Adventures. text adventures. Yeah. Oh neat. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Uh, I mean that's it. It was good to learn about, but I didn't. I didn't have a lot of fun. I I also had a uh, Tim. Remember remember that time when uh, we both went to Hawaii. Oh, um, I remember that. And then I, I was, was there, and you uh, and you you brought me my guitar. Yeah, I believe, you were there. Is the way the story goes. I brought you your guitar from Japan, <laughs> yeah. and then I we were gonna go hang out in the sun on the beach, and I put on the sunscreen. And you got was, you got ripped. That was yeah. in Japanese, and I didn't read the label correctly, and it was non waterproof. And so I put on a bunch of sunscreen, went into the ocean for half a second, and then laid down and woke up looking like a goddamn zombie. I had you look like had, a shrimp lobster. I had terrible whatever those burns things are called all over my body, but it was also streak because of the the patterning of because yeah, it, it ran it, it, ran, it ran bad yeah. yeah yeah it was a uh, so that that's the best video game documentary <laughs> okay <laughs> oh man so actually I want to shout out there's there's but one that's about when the I saw chi- get lamp while while I was shuddering in pain from that oh yeah there's there's a uh, there's there's a documentary about the Chinatown Fair arcade in New York City the Lost Arcade you guys know this one no. It's about this arcade. Uh, I heard about it's, it. It's uh, it's okay. It's a good documentary. Uh, it's about an arcade that was like the 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 home of the New York City like fighting game scene, uh, and how it ended the fighting game community and how that arcade ended up uh, getting kind of turned into a trash pile uh, by some new owner who turned one took out all the fighting games and whatever. Interesting story. And then I, I recently saw that Chinatown Fair arcade had like a GoFundMe. Mm. I recently saw this on on Twitter. And they're like, help us. We, we're, we're struggling because of the COVID. And I saw a whole bunch of people retweet and go, Chinatown Fair, one of the original spots of the fighting game community is in trouble. We got to help them out, guys. Saw a bunch of people retweeting it. Don't, don't watch the documentary and then don't give money to their GoFundMe. I'm sorry. I don't want to like hate on somebody. Maybe do if you want, but don't let them ride on the goodwill of what they were like in the 90s because it's not what they are anymore. My favorite mini documentary is a video tim made a year or two ago for like the last e3 and it was the last <laughs> yeah. day and he oh was my trying God, to find yeah. the last bit of fun in the final it's e3 called, it's literally called the end of have, did you did you see this one brandon i think you'd like it it's a very insert credit like video yeah it's such a desperate like portrait of yeah, oh it, i i can't even I have describe it I have 30 minutes left uh, in E3 2019, yes. <laughs> and uh, I've been working the whole time making videos for, as I uh, as I said, and then I ended up cutting it from the video, for an audience that isn't even paying attention. Uh, making making videos I don't want to make for an audience that isn't even paying attention. And I'm here with my microphone and my cameraman gone rogue. We have 30 minutes to recapture the supermarket sweeping for the final bit of joy. And it's 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 so so desperate and sad. I drink as many free energy drinks as I can. (laughs) I sit in in chairs. A guy from Shanghai tries to tell me about the the best chair in the world. 
Uh, I get oh. I get offers for like three free uh free gamer chairs because gamer chair companies <laughs> just give free stuff out. Uh, and it's just really sad. Uh, it's, and it's that's so that's how sad. that's literally how e, how the last E three ended for everyone forever. <laughs> so there's yeah, there's we'll, no more E three. We'll have to link that out uh, with the episode. It's extremely good. So Man. on that note, for budding documentary makers, yeah, go hyper specific. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what works. You yeah. know, don't don't try to be you know don't try to be press coin or whatever, and just you know the the entire story of video games from the same ten executives that you've been hearing from since the nineties. Like right, you know, go go hyper spe- and I don't, but also don't go hyper specific where it's like I don't know. I guess sometimes this is interesting, but I don't find game development that interesting, honestly. No. So like the embedding yourself in the studio thing, not that kind of hyper specific, but like you know i don't know maybe maybe a, a, a weird community uh i like the high score chasing stuff there's also one called man versus snake that's very uh king of kong like that mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm gonna put in a top five but i i enjoyed because it was very specifically about someone trying to get the high score in a game no one's ever heard of called nibbler like that that's a good premise right games you find nobody that, yeah that's game. that's a good documentary is you find the interesting character and you follow them around right and and that's and true for any documentary yeah yeah uh-huh. i really enjoyed making the the little bit of the uh samurai showdown neo geo collection that i believe nobody has watched this video because nobody's ever talked about it but um <laughs> it's uh th- we we'll did link that thing, out with the episode too <laughs> yeah we did a thing where um i went around with four of the original Samurai Showdown team members and just walked around Osaka and talked about all the buildings where they used to work and what they used to do in there and how this place is a sushi shop now and the place where the Neo Geo was announced is is this hotel that's now run down and whatever and uh, how this building Samurai Showdown built the first five floors of it and stuff. Um, it was fun to do, but uh, I don't think anybody's watched that. Um, Kaboom! Uh, I haven't watched it. I'm sorry. That's okay. Well. I, I also um, have never launched that product somehow. So we're yeah, running out of time here, so we could either do the tenth question or the lightning round. What do you want to do? Oh Heck. no. Dealer's Give... choice, baby. Let's go. I'll, All right, I'll tenth question. Then. Oh, Fine. Never mind. <laughs> All right, we're doing the tenth question. Koei's Dynasty Warriors or Muso series is based on the historical novel Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. What other historical novels should Koei adapt? Interesting question. Hmm. I would yeah. say uh they should do an adaptation of uh What's his name? Uh, is it Ron Chernow, who wrote uh, Hamilton. They should do a Hamilton adaptation. Yeah, the, the, the same, the same one that was adapted into the the musical. Oh, right, and I did not like that musical where you play as Aaron Burr and you're just shooting ten thousand Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm always, I've always been a big boy fan of the idea of of uh, uh, a Dynasty Warriors like game that is just uh, American history. Well, we were mm-hmm. pitching one to Devolver, like. It's been, 10 yeah. years ago or something. Uh, I love that idea. I think it's one of the best, Jerry. 10 yeah. years is probably a little, that's a few too many. I don't think was, we were. Uh, I think the only it, problem it, with. It, the, I hate to break it to you. It was yeah. 10 years ago. Yes. God damn mm. it. The only problem with adapting a tale of two cities is what do you do for level three? That's right. Oh, baby. Oh, you just go back to the first city again. Yeah. But everything has changed. Ooh. In level one is called the best of times and level two is called the worst. The of worst times. of times. Right. Actually, a lot of the Yakuza games are just a tale of two cities. It's it's Kamurocho and either Yokohama or um, that Osaka one. So Big Boy Zone? Yeah, Big Boy Zone, BBZ. I mean, I oh guess War God. and Peace would be a good Musou game. Yeah, uh, I was about to say that, and then I thought maybe that's too cool to say. <laughs> and then I realized uh, it is. 
too cool to say and it's true i just dropped in the chat the thumbnail image from my e3 game over video because i'm very proud of it uh, i'm gonna look at that instead of answering the question yeah yeah so i'm gonna, I'm gonna keep oh, yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> that is a good thumbnail <laughs> it's e3 2019 game over in which a big boy encounters a barrel bottom starring Tim <laughs> Rogers <laughs> with the Kotaku logo as small as is legally possible in the lower left corner. <laughs> oh man, that was so good. Oh God. Uh, in which a big boy encounters a barrel bottom. I remember somebody on the staff going, I think that text is a little too small to be read in the thumbnail. And I'm like, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That should have been the last thing you ever made. You should have retired after that. I should have like ran headfirst into a brick wall yeah. after making that video. What are we talking about? Uh, what historical novels? Uh, Musso should be games. Yeah. I really think War and Peace Musso would be chill as heck, bro. Mm -hmm. I really think so. I'm not even joking with you. What weapon would Napoleon have when you played as Napoleon? Poleaxe. Oh, a Napoleaxe. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I mean, there's just too many good jokes to make here. Because uh, there's just too many to make. Uh, because uh, the Dynasty Warriors series is, by and large, so horrendously anachronistic as to yeah. render apoplectic any true history buff. Because uh, the armor they wear, the weapons they use, the fighting styles they employ, the uh, the fact that they're speaking Japanese instead of Chinese. That's, that's not part of it, actually. Uh there's just a whole lot of little stuff, technologies that weren't developed, horse riding. I mean, we're talking about games that are based on uh, the second century, man. That's a long right. time ago. There was there was metallurgy techniques that did not yet exist, even in China, which was probably the most advanced place in the world at that point. Like, there's so many little things wrong that when, when me and Brandon were having our, uh, our, our brainstorm session about how you could render that into a, uh, uh, an American history game, which uh, you can see me uh, disclose publicly uh, in a, I did a, a talk at the Amaze Fest in Berlin back in 2018. It's on YouTube if anybody wants to watch it. I, I talk about the process of working on uh, pitching that game. And uh, it's just like Dynasty Warriors is so anachronistic by, by centuries that we would actually have to tone down the anachronism in order to make uh, the, the, american history game like less ridiculous <laughs> so it's like having george washington driving like riding a harley davidson is like far magnitudinously less anachronistic than some of the stuff that gets pulled off in dynasty wars which is like wild and exciting to think about because it's like you'd have god darn a god darn uh like george washington r driving a pink cadillac or whatever like that would be that would be perfectly normal and cool in this game so i feel like they could just go hog wild on anything Though most of all, I would like to see the Napoleonic Zone redone. I, uh, that Koei's was my Barry favorite Sonic the Hedgehog level. I would like to see Koei's Barry Linden. too Linden. short for me. That's what <laughs> I want to see. Koei's Barry Linden. Good joke about Napoleon's height. Did you know Napoleon was actually, like, reasonably tall? Did you know this? Yeah. He was a pretty Weird. tall dude. He's just, like, uh, pr pretty regular height. It's just, uh, back then, in politics, especially, like, what sufficed for, at the time, global politics... It was really easy to just mislead people with you could just tell lies and then you could have millions of people believe it. They didn't have the Internet uh, and television, which make it easy to just kind of Lie. plainly display true facts out there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's my joke. That's my that's my high level joke for the day. Gooden. Subscribe on Patreon for more high level <laughs> jokes. Back. Let's get back to the low jokes. Uh, 
yeah what was what were like man like i remember that in our american history game it was like george gw washington his name is george washington and then i my idea was uh, thomas tj the tommy gun jefferson who has a tommy gun yeah which is hilarious right uh and then uh benjamin big friend franklin who has they all have like rippling six-pack abs and ben franklin's like seven feet tall well let's shut up now before we give it away uh this has been our episode of insert credit hope you liked it who's got a recommendation for our audience recommendation or maybe a plug I have an anti-recommendation. We do oh, those all the it. time. I love <laughs> these anti-recs. It's not something you're likely to have done naturally, but um so uh we just did the Disney Plus cuz uh, wanted to watch that Mandalorian. Um uh-huh. having a pretty good time with it. That is not the anti-recommendation. Uh my anti-recommendation is that I was browsing through and I saw Bonkers and I was like is Bonkers as bad as I remember? Oh, isn't that a Disney afternoon? That is a Disney yeah. afternoon cartoon that is the one that you may have encountered and it just washed through you mm-hmm. because it is 64 episodes of absolutely nothing shrieking at you constantly. And it's. Did one you of watch the, all 64 episodes? I watched, no, I watched the first episode, <laughs> which. According to Wikipedia, is not the first produced episode. Um, I do, however, recommend reading the Wikipedia for Bonkers and trying to understand its production history because I can't make heads or tails out of it. Frank, would you say that Bonkers is a series that would benefit from reordering its uh, level design? <laughs> oh yeah, they should probably go in production order so you get the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god! But don't watch it. Bonkers. Mandalorian's pretty good though. Watch that. I like Mandalorian. I like Mando. I'm ready for season two. It's coming Heck in like yeah. next month, right? I've got a recommendation also, which is um, if if for some reason you're I, I don't think anyone else can engineer this, but if somehow you are also playing Death Stranding for the first time, uh, mm-hmm. then you could also by happen total happenstance just on a whim decide to watch Blade Two and who would show up in that but Norman Reedus um, unexpectedly uh-huh. to uh-huh. oneself. That was my. Um, I guess the real recommendation is if you want to have a real 2002 of a time, you can go ahead and watch Blade 2. It's it's well, that's striking. putting the uh, that's that's putting the levels in a different order for the digits in the number 2020. Yeah, that's right. true as well. Okay, um, yeah, that's uh, too much of a joke there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Blade 2 is uh, that's an that's an interesting, not very interesting, but kind of interesting movie because if you think about it in the constraints of like goth stuff was all over mainstream movies at that time oh and yeah it's it's so weird to to look at that and be like yeah the matrix blade uh blood rain it was just like a bunch of regular frat bros going to watch a bunch of goths flop around in a movie <laughs> it's very even, odd even the non-goth movies or even even those pirates of the caribbean movies were right. more goth pretty than, goth uh, yeah yeah i mean that's i don't know goths were getting uh they were getting their their goods yeah back then Tell you what, it did not feel like that from the inside. <laughs> oh, I bet. Of course not. Yeah, it was weird. But looking I'm at trying it, to uh, formulate a joke about goth visibility and visigoths, but it's not coming together. Oh, very good. Oh my god, excellent work. Oh my god. Um, I have. I don't have an anti recommendation. I have sort of an anti recommendation. Um, uh, is that I? I have a. I have a coffee table in my living room. Okay, I know that this sounds like a, a man who is about to begin listing mundane things though hear me out uh (laughs) i have a coffee table in my living room which is inside of a box because 
it arrived at my house with a hole in it, looking as though perpetrated by a downward pistol shot. Like someone fired a pistol at this solid piece of walnut that I paid good money for because I thought I want a non-IKEA piece of furniture. This is from Article.com, who on that same day delivered me a beautiful sofa and ottoman. This coffee table from Article.com, beautiful coffee table, the little leather shelf to put my TV remotes and such on, arrived with a, a chunk taken out of part of the corner of the box. The, the cardboard, the styrofoam, the cardboard, the styrofoam, four layers of the cake deep, destructed by what must have been a fall off a truck, okay? So I get this thing out of the box. The delivery men are running for the door. They, they took the stairs. They decided not even to wait for the elevator. They went straight for the stairs, okay? And they took this, and they were gone. And I was like, wait a minute, there's something wrong with this table. And I get it out of the box. I put it down. The merest touch caused it to wobble for 78 seconds, at which point I got bored and, and turned the camera off. I sent the video to article.com. This is almost three weeks ago. Waited six weeks for this table, okay? Six weeks I waited. Through two and a half weeks ago it arrived. They have not refunded me. They have not sent someone to come pick it up. They've responded to my email and saying, expect to hear from our team sometime next week. Have not heard from them sometime all week and last week. I need this table out of my house. I live in New York. Don't have a lot of square footage. Where's the recommendation a, part? Of I want to buy a good yeah. table. And this, I'm not recommending you buy a coffee table from article.com. They say they don't even make the table anymore. I got the last one and they offered me a hundred dollars store credit. If I keep it, it wobbled. So in other words, that's my anti-advertisement for this uh, week. We're not <laughs> sponsored by article.com. Hey, Kaboom. There Stay tuned next week to see who our next non-sponsor is. <laughs> you want to get you want to get sponsored by me? Get this table out of my house. Article.com. Balls in, the meantime, in your court. I've got some recommendations of my own. They're for our audience to go over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you can review podcasts and give us a nice one every Good so on often. Spotify. We need more yeah. there. Uh, I don't think you can review podcasts on Spotify. Well, they should figure out how wow, to do that. that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you can listen to us there and sub hit that subscribe button. It costs no money and it helps us there. And uh, I like to read those comments and it's very nice to see what you have to say about the show. See that we're touching lives out there. You just tell your friends about it. Just the regular style. Uh, next time you're in a conversation uh, in the normal way that people do. <laughs> Yeah, which sounds exactly like the words that just came out of your mouth. Yeah, this yeah. is my regular way of talking. Yeah, <laughs> you can go to Patreon.com/slash Insert Credit and join our other dirt bags in subscribing at any level to submit your own questions, get episodes one day early, and even get exclusive access to a growing repository of bonus content. You could talk about the episodes at forums.insertcredit.com, and you could follow us all on Twitter. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Sfaldi. Tim is at 108. And Brandon is at Necrosofty. This show's editor is Esper Quinn with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Jaffe. And I'm Frank Sfaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And your game has now been saved. Don't buy coffee tables from articles. <laughs> Yeah!
Future Club. Don't buy t- don't buy coffee tables. <laughs> 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 there's, there's your slogan. <laughs> it's a beautiful coffee table, and it just has a gun hole in it. 